Hello and welcome to my first period theater arts class, my sixth grade students, performance of Hamlet, The Prince of Denmark by William Shakespeare, adapted by Jennifer Kroll. It is midnight at Elsinore Castle in Denmark. On a cold, windy platform outside the castle, a guard hears a sudden noise. Who's there? Show your face. It's just me, Francisco. It's time for my shift. Have you had a quiet night so far? Not a mouse. Stream. Francisco leaves. A few minutes later, Horatio and Marcellus arrive. Hello, Bernardo. Has that thing appeared again tonight? Not yet, but it has come every <clears throat> night for the past week. The men suddenly freeze as a ghostly figure passes before them. Look! There it is. It looks like the king who died. Well, what, what are you? Why here? Speak to us. The ghost looks straight at the men, then silently vanishes. It will not speak to us. No, but there may be somebody else to whom it will speak. I'd better tell me about this. The next morning in the castle, King Claudius speaks to his family members and quarters. It is with equal amounts of delight and sadness in our hearts that my one-time sister-in-law and I celebrate our recent wedding. Despite this sadness, we hope we must keep our chins up and look to the future. King Claudius turns to his nephew, Hamlet, who stands off to one side, staring at the ground with a dark, brooding expression on his face. Hamlet, my nephew and now son, why do you still look so down in the dumps? Please, Hamlet. Don't keep looking for your noble father in the dust. You know that all lives must someday end and all souls pass into eternity. Yes, I know. Then why do you continue to appear so depressed? I don't merely appear depressed, madam. How I look on the outside is nothing compared to how I feel on the inside. You mourn your father and that is right. But remember that your father lost a father and that father's father lost one too. It's not manly to grieve so much. Stop brooding over your father's death and start thinking of me as your father. After all, you are next in line to the throne. After all of you, the father feels for his son. Later, as the room empties out, Hamlet stands alone, still looking depressed and upset. Oh, how I wish this too, too, solid flesh would just melt away. Nothing in this world seems worthwhile to me anymore. This world is an unassuming garden where weeds grow out of control. He sighs and begins to pace. I can't believe my mother married my uncle so soon after my father's death. Horatio enters the room. Hello, Lord Hamlet. Horatio, it's good to see you. When did you get back from the university? Not long ago. I came for your father's funeral. I think you came to see my mother's wedding. Indeed, my lord. It follows soon after the other event. Well, we're very thrifty people around here. My mother didn't want to waste any cold meat or leftover appetizers from the funeral. You know, I would rather fought my worst foe than attend that wedding. All I could think of was my father. My lord, I think I saw him yesterday night. Saw him? The king, your father. My father? Please, let me explain. Horatio begins to explain to Hamlet about the ghost that has been appearing before the guards. Meanwhile, in another part of the castle, Hamlet's girlfriend Ophelia bids farewell to her older brother Laertes, who is about to head off to college in France. Ophelia, I'll be worrying about you on the way. I want you to watch your step with Prince Hamlet. I know he says some sweet things in the past, but... Their father, Pilates, enters the room. What is it, Ophelia, that Hamlet has said to you? He has expressed his love in my remaining promises. Hamlet's out of your league and will be trouble for you. I command you to break off your relationship with him at once. Yes, father. That night, Hamlet accompanies Horatio and Marcellus out on the guard platform, hoping to catch a glimpse of the ghost. Just before 1 a.m., the ghost appears. The three men quake with fear. Ghost of my father! Why have you come? What does he want us to do? The ghost begins to move down the platform, beckoning Hamlet to follow it. It wants me to follow it. Don't go after it, I beg you. Horatio and Marcellus try to hold Hamlet back, but he struggles free from their grip and runs after the ghost, following it until he's high atop the castle battlements. Speak to me here, ghost. I can go no further. 
If you ever love me, revenge my foul, unnatural murder. Murder? Yes, my son. I was napping in my garden as I often did. Your uncle came with a vow of deadly poison. He poured the poison into my ears, almost instantly swept through my body. Thus my life, my crown, my queen, lost all at once. The whole wicked man. I knew it. I'll avenge you. By commanding you, whatever you do, do not lay a hand on your own mother. The ghost vanishes. The next day, Ophelia follows her father's instructions. She returns Hamlet's letters and tries to avoid him. Eventually, though, he comes looking for her. After his visit, Ophelia runs to see her father. Ophelia, you look upset. What's happened? I'm so frightened. As I was sewing in my room, Hamlet came to see me. His jacket was all unlaced and his clothes were all dirty. He was so pale and his knees were shaking so high that they knocked against each other. He acted like a crazy person. Maybe his love for you is driving him mad. What did he say? He just grabbed me hard by the wrist and, for a long moment, studied my face. He kept sighing. He seemed so changed, so odd. What has caused the change, do you think? Have you said any harsh words to him lately? No, my lord, but I have refused to accept his letters and I have tried to stay away from him, just as you asked me to do. That is driving him mad. I will go and talk to the king about this. In the castle's assembly hall, King Claudius and Queen Gertrude speak with two young courtiers named Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, who have recently arrived from England. Thanks for making the trip to Denmark so quickly. We much need your help here. It's Hamlet, you see. He seems so depressed. We'd like you to find out what's bothering him. Hamlet has often sp spoken foully of you, too. We are hoping you can cheer him up and take his mind off his troubles. Anything we can do for your majesties. Polonius enters the room. Your Highnesses, I believe I know it's been troubling Hamlet. He has been driven mad by his love for my daughter, Ophelia. Claudius and Gertrude look over love letters and poems that Polonius hands them. Do you think Polonius could be right? Hamlet appears at the far end of, a, of the hall, his face buried in a book. Here he comes now. Let's leave him alone with his friends and see what they can learn. The king, the queen, and Polonius sneak off. Lord Hamlet. Hamlet looks up from his book. My good friends, how are you lads? Not too bad. There must be a lot of fortune's favor or else you wouldn't be here in this prison. Prison? Yes, Denmark's a prison. Why do you say that? Hamlet refuses to answer. Instead, he asks Rosencrantz and Guildenstern about their travels. As they describe their voyage, they mention the fact that they have recently passed a theater troupe on the road. One of the best troops in all of Europe. They'll be here soon. Won't it be fun to see them perform? Not long afterward, a flourish of trumpets can be heard, and a theater troupe enters the castle. The prince and his friends go to meet them. Welcome, actors. Will you be putting on a show for us the next few days? Yes, indeed. What shows do you perform? Julie, Caesar, and the Fall of Troy. We can do pretty much any story you like. How about the Renegade Saga? Do you know that story? Yes. Good. I'd like to see that one perform tomorrow night. A little, a, a little later, Hamlet paces in the library alone, talking to himself. Am I a coward? A villain? Well, those towels probably fit me well enough. Here I am, the son of a dear murdered father. I've been ordered by his ghost to avenge his death, and instead of acting, I stand here loading the grief in my heart with words. Um, Hamlet pauses for a moment. But what if the ghost are really a demon sent to test me? I better make double sure my uncle's guilt before I act. That's where the theater will come in handy. I'll watch Claudius's reaction for the performance tomorrow, then I'll have better proof of his guilt. Yes, indeed. The play is the thing wherein I'll catch the conscience of the king. By the next day, Hamlet's mental health, or lack thereof, has become the talk of the castle. When you talked to Hamlet yesterday, did he tell you what's been bothering him? He wouldn't say. 
Have you managed to get him interested in some kind of lighthearted activity? A theater troupe arrived at the castle yesterday. Hamlet seemed very eager to see the players perform. In fact, he wanted to make sure that your majesties attended the performance tonight. I'm relieved to hear that Hamlet seemed to be interested in such things. Go keep working on cheering him up. We will, my lord. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern leave. My dear, we leave us also. Flannish and I are going to set up a meeting between Hamlet and Ophelia in order to see our response to her. As you wish. The queen leaves. The king and Polonius get Ophelia to stand in the hallway pretending to read a book. They duck out of sight when they see Hamlet coming. To be or not to be. That is a question. Is it nowhere to fight except for the stones and arrows, the fortune flames at me? Or should I fight back against the sea of troubles? To die? To sleep? That would end all this heartache and pain. Harmony wishes that I could die and be done with this world, but I also worry what happens after death. Hamlet spots Ophelia. Good day, my lord. How are you today? Well, well, well. I have some things here that I've been wishing to return to you. She holds out a bundle of love letters, poems, and trinkets. Hamlet looks at her blankly. I never gave you such things. You know you did. You said many sweet words when you gave these things to me. You should never believe sweet words in this summer world. Hamlet begins to rant and rave at Ophelia. Get thee to Norman. Why do you wish to marry anyhow and bring new sinners into this world? Eventually, Hamlet runs out of steam and shuffles off. Ophelia stares after him with tears streaming down her face. I don't think love is the cause of Hamlet's behavior. I also don't think he's insane, but I do think he is dangerous. I think I'd better get him away from here. I'll send him to England. We owe the king, English king a visit and some treatment money. Hamlet can deliver that. As you wish, my lord. But before he leaves, why don't you have the queen talk with Hamlet privately one last time? Perhaps she'll be able to get some real answers out of him. Claudius agrees. A message is sent to Hamlet saying that he is to see his mother after the evening's entertainment has ended. That night, the king and queen and all the courtiers attended the theater troupe's performance of The Murder of Gonzago. The play is the story of a woman who conspires to have her husband poisoned. Once he is dead, she marries the poisoner. At the moment in the play when the poisoner is pouring his deadly potion into a sleeping man's ear, King Claudius suddenly rises, looking shaken. Give me some light. Stop the play. Everybody out. Lights. Lights. The lights are lit and confusion. Everybody out of the room. A little later, King Claudius stands in his private chambers, talking to Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. I don't think it's safe to keep Hamlet here, given what he's been acting lately. Therefore, I ask you to return to England and bring him with you. I will give you papers that you can deliver to the English king, introducing Hamlet and explaining our situation. Your safety and the safety of your people are our greatest concerns, your highness. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern depart, leaving Claudius alone, looking frightened and shaken. The almost I committed seems to have it, to kill my own brother. Now guilt and fear hound me every minute. Claudius falls to his knees, attempting to pray. I want to pray, but war is going to lose. How can I ask for the greatest forgiveness when I continue to wear this ill-gone crown? How can I ask for forgiveness when I continue to be married to the queen? I'm stuck in a pit of corruption and I can't get out of it. Hamlet enters the room quietly with his sword drawn. Now I should do it. I should kill him. Hamlet raises his sword, then pauses. But look at him. He's praying. If I kill him now, he might go straight to heaven. My father had no chance to confess his sin before he was killed. No, I ought to wait to kill Claudius when he's in a rage or swearing or drunk. Not when he's praying. I'll wait. Hamlet puts his sword down and sneaks away. Later that night, Queen Gertrude stands in her private chamber speaking to Polonius. You must tell Hamlet that his behavior of late has been unacceptable to the king. I will, but I know. I hear him coming. Polonius hides behind a tapestry. Why do you want to see me? Hamlet, you have offended your father. Mother, you offended my father. You have a wicked tongue, my son. I think the wickedness is all your own. Hamlet, have you forgotten to whom you are speaking? No, I certainly haven't. 
You're the queen, your husband's brother, wife, brother's wife, and you're also my mother. I wish it weren't the case. She rises to leave looking both indignant and scared. I'll not speak to you if you're going to be like this. Hamlet grabs his mother by the arm, holding her back. No, you will sit down and listen to me. If she struggles against Hamlet's grip, she looks very frightened. What are you going to do? Are you going to kill me? Help! Help! What's going on? Hamlet hears a voice. He turns and sees that someone is hiding behind the tapestry. Oh, I smell a rat. Hamlet draws his sword and runs the blade through the tapestry. Polonius shrieks and falls to the ground dead. Oh, Hamlet, what a rash and bloody deed. Yes, a bloody deed. Almost as bad, good mother, as to kill a king and marry with his brother. Kill a king? Yes, that's what I said. Polonius, I mean, Hamlet pulls the tapestry aside and discovers Polonius' body. Oh, it's Polonius. That intruding fool. Grow well, old man. I did not intend to kill you. I must look you for your better. After Polonius' murder, the king and queen hurry Hamlet off to England. Rosencrantz and Gendelstern accompany him, carrying papers to deliver to the English king. Although no official pronouncement of Polonius' death is made, Ophelia soon finds out the truth. Badly shaken and afraid that she is losing her grip on reality, she writes to her brother Laertes, begging him to return from France. By the time Laertes has returned to Denmark, Ophelia has gone mad. Laertes longs to avenge his father's death and his sister's mental collapse by killing Hamlet. It becomes clear that he may soon have the opportunity after two letters arrive in Yom. Horatio receives the first one. We were on our way to England and had been sailing for two days when our, our ship was attacked by pirates in the skirmish. I was taken prisoner. Fortunately, the pirates were willing to release me with the understanding that I would pay the fare someday. As you read this, I'm on my way back to Denmark. Rosencrantz and Gudelstern continue on their way to England. I have much more to tell you, but I can wait until I see you next, your friend, Hamlet. The king receives a different letter. He shares the contents with Laertes. Your Majesty, I'm about to ride back in your kingdom. I, uh, I am unarmed without any money or possession. I ask you to show mercy toward me. As soon as I see you, I'll explain the circumstances of my sudden strange return, Hamlet. He's coming back. Now I'll have to face me and face what he's done. Clarities, your de desire for revenge is natural, and I don't intend to stop you. However, I ask you to go about it my way, okay? I have a scheme in mind through which you can get your revenge without taking any blame for your actions. What do you propose? I'll coach Hamlet to venture with you. During the match, you can kill him and pretend that it was an accident. I'll put some poison on the tip of my sword so that even a small cup will do him in. Just in case that fails, we'll have a cup of poison wine at the sandwich ready. Just then, Claudius and Laertes hear an English cry. The queen rushes into the room. Laertes, your sister is drowned. Drowned? Where? In the brook, down by the weeping willow. She wandered down there, covered herself with flower chains and garlands, and then lay down in the water, singing. Eventually, the water pulled her under. Ophelia, drowned? Alas. When Hamlet returns to Denmark, the first person he goes to see is his trusted Frederation. The two talk as they stroll through the local churchyard. When Rosencrantz and Gideon start more looking, I stole a peek at those documents they were carrying. I'm glad I did. And one of them, Claudius had requested that I be beheaded as soon as I reached the England court. So what did you do? I made some changes to the documents and put them back where I found them. I guess those papers are still on their way to England along with Rosencrantz and Gideon. Horatio and Hamlet come upon a grave digger singing as he digs. How can he sing like that when he's digging graves? He's dug so many that I can do it now but think without thinking about it. Hamlet leans down and picks up a skull that's been exposed during the digging. This skull had a tongue in it once, and it could sing too. Whose was it, do you know? The skull was York's. He was the king's jester. Alas, poor York. I knew him. Horatio, in fact, when I was little, when I was a little boy, he carried me on his back a thousand times. 
A funeral procession enters the church room. Emily and Horatio stand back watching as the king, the queen, Mayor Teets, and a number of lords and ladies approach a kneeling dead grave. A body is lowered down. The queen throws petals into the open grave. Sweet to the sweet, farewell, Ophelia. I hoped you would be my daughter-in-law. I thought I'd be putting flower petals on your bridal bed, not your grave. Ophelia? Dead? Oh no! I hope doom falls heavily on the head of the man responsible for this. Hamlet steps forward. I fear I may be the man whom you speak. Laertes, please know that I never meant this to happen. I loved Ophelia. Hamlet, you're back. Now you'll pay. Laertes longs for Hamlet, and they wrestle until they are forcibly parted. Please don't hurt him. He didn't mean to cause your sister's death. He was out of his head when he killed your father. Eventually, Laertes is calm, but as Hamlet and Horatio exit the churchyard, Claudius leans over and whispers into Laertes' ear. Just be patient. You will have your revenge yet. The next day, a message comes from Hamlet as he stands speaking to Horatio. His Majesty is wanting me to tell you he made a wager with the King of France, Laertes, who is newly returned from France, is known there to be a very good fencer. King Claudius has wagered that in a dozen fencing passes between you and Laertes, he shall not exceed you by three hits. What's riding on this wager? Six Barbary horses and six fancy, expensive French repeaters. That, well, it's the time of day when I usually take some exercise. If someone will bring me the foils, I'll see if I can win this bet for the king. Oswald departs. Soon, servants come in carrying seating cushions, fencing foils, and wine. They begin setting up for the match. If you feel at all uncomfortable or threatened, just say the word, and I'll do what I can to stop or stall this match. There's no way to stall one's fate, Horatio. My time has come. My time has come. Laertes, Gladius, Gertrude, and other lords and ladies are ready. Come, Hamlet. Shake hands with Laertes before the match. Hamlet takes Laertes' hand. Give me your pardon, sir. I have done you wrong. But I did not intend to. It was my madness, not I. I pardon you. Come then, let's fence. Your talent should shine here today when matched against my lesser ability. Hamlet and Laertes begin the fence. Hamlet scores ahead. You look thirsty, Hamlet. Here, have a drink. Claudius holds a cup out to Hamlet. I'll finish this bout first. Set my drink over there. The fencing match continues. Hamlet scores another hit. Our son is going to win. Gertrude picks up the cup that Claudius has offered to Hamlet. Here's to your successes, my son. No, don't drink from that cup. It is too late. The queen is already drinking poison. The fencing continues. Laertes wounds Hamlet. In the angry scuffle that follows, the two of them change blades. Moments later, Hamlet wounds Laertes. Over at the sidelines, the queen suddenly slumps onto the floor. The queen, what's wrong? She swooned when she saw you both bleeding. No, the drink. Oh, my dear Hamlet, I am poisoned. My mother's poisoned. There's a villain in this room. The room erupts in chaos. Hamlet turns and stares with blazing eyes at the king. Somebody lock the doors. I'm going to finish this now. Just then, Laertes collapses, gasping. It's too late, Hamlet. You only have a half hour left to live. The blade you hold has a poison tip. Its wounds are fatal. Poison on the blade, as well as in the cup. Then let it do its work. Hamlet stabs the king. And drink this. Hamlet grabs the goblet full of poison wine. He holds it up to the king's mouth and forces him to drink. Horatio leaps up, grabbing at the poison wine goblet. Give me some of that poison. If my best friend is going to die, so am I. No! In order to prevent Horatio from drinking, Hamlet downs the rest of the wine himself. Then he collapses onto the floor. Horatio kneels beside him. Horatio, you must stay here until my sad story to this harsh world. Tears stream from Horatio's eyes as he watches Hamlet's breathing slow, then stop. A noble heart has cracked. Good night, sweet prince. 
Just then, a trumpet announces an arrival at the castle. An ambassador from England enters the room. What a terrifying guy. Sigh. I guess I have to come too late to deliver my news to Lordship. I wanted to tell him that his command has been carried out. Rosencrantz and Gildersturm are dead. You seek thanks from one who never gave that command. Come, let us bear away these bodies. We will bury Lord Hamlet like a soldier. For I think that is fitting, given the struggles he faced. Had he lived, I believe he would have been a great king. This has been Pecan Trail Theater's first period, sixth grade class, presenting Hamlet, the Prince of Denmark. Thanks for listening. Thank you!